0: May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So each time a Sunday comes up, it's my practice to go through um, things I've preached on the Scriptures before, things I've preached on that day in the liturgical year before. Once I've been here three years, it'll be so, like, you don't hear the same jokes over and over. But, like, I'm only on a year and a half, so I've got, you know... Some jokes that I can pull from previous sermons. But when I went back and looked um, at this particular Sunday last epiphany over the years, I, I noticed a theme emerge, and, and that's one that it always seems to happen when, when big things in my life are happening. A couple years ago, I was at an Episcopal Church conference this week um, that happens towards the end of February every year. And this was a, a big conference. or a 1,000 people. It's a work conference, right? And if y'all do work conferences like I do work conferences, you don't actually want to do much of the conference. And you find all the fun stuff to do around it. And so this particular conference was in Louisville, Kentucky. And if you know me, you know I'm a baseball player. And there's a thing downtown there called the Louisville Slugger Museum. If you've never been there and you like baseball, I suggest you go to it. So I was at this conference for four days, right? And so I, I made four trips to the Louisville Slugger (laughs) Museum, because this museum has a batting cage, and you can go, they have bats that are replicas of like the size and the weight and the shape of like Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio, all these people throughout history, and so you can go and swing these bats and and get a feel for what it might have been like. Number one, those folks used to use really heavy bats. I'm thankful that they don't anymore. But the other thing, right, I spent four days hitting a couple hundred baseballs, which is something I've done my whole life growing up. But it was a couple years ago when I woke up the next morning at the conference, every morning and my back was a little stiff, I realized things have changed and I'm not as young as I used to be. So I thought that would be the big thing from this conference, right, is my realization that I was old or this realization that I at least wasn't as young as I used to be. But this conference was the last week of February, 2020. And if you remember back that far, that's kind of the last time our lives were normal, whatever that means. So this Episcopal Church Conference actually was one of the first super spreader events. A thousand people from all over the world came to this thing and they all went home to their own places. The first person in Tarrant County to be diagnosed with COVID was an Episcopal priest who was at this conference. The first person in the Washington, D.C. area who was diagnosed with COVID was an Episcopal priest who was at this conference. Within a couple weeks, there were eight people who had been identified. Fortunately, some of us didn't go to the conference and they hung out in the batting cages. (laughs) And so some of us didn't get sick. There you go. I protected myself. But there was that day in late February... Or maybe it was early March or maybe it was March 12th when churches shut down, work went home, schools went home for two weeks. Oh, man, If only my kids went back to school after two weeks or more like two years. There was that moment we all woke up and realized everything had changed. We all know what that's like. One day we wake up and our back's a little more sore than it used to be. One day we wake up and the world has shut down around us and we're using Lysol on our groceries when we bring them home. Or one day we wake up and everything we thought was supposed to be one way is flipped upside down. We all know what it's like to wake up and the world has changed. Sometimes it's change we want and that we're looking forward to. Sometimes it's change that that we didn't expect and that we would rather not have happen. But I suspect every one of you could tell a story of change. Maybe it's changes happening in your life right now. Maybe it's changes that happened in your life three years ago. Maybe it's changes that happened in your life decades ago that you're still wrestling with. So how do we live in a world, in a community, even in ourselves, when we're experiencing change. So I wonder if the disciples in today's gospel are maybe wrestling with that question, because today's gospel sits in this spot, right? Immediately before today's gospel reading, Jesus had told his disciples, I'm going to die, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to rise again. And this shattered their worldview. They wrestled with what this means. They didn't know what was going to happen in this change. Immediately after our gospel reading or a little after our gospel reading, Jesus reiterates, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, I'm going to be buried, and I'm going to rise again. Again, the disciples wrestle with what this means. They spent three years following this guy. They knew how things were supposed to go and then Jesus throws a wrench in those plans and their world has changed. And so... Sandwiched between these two moments of impending change that Jesus shares with the disciple, there's this transfiguration event. Peter, James, and John go up on this mountain with Jesus. Something happens on this mountain. And then in our first reading from Exodus, similarly, immediately before this event where Moses goes up on the mountain. He, he receives the Ten Commandments. He had gone up on this mountain before, received these Ten Commandments, and, and brought them down to the Israelites, and he gets to tell them about a change. God is setting a path for how we're to engage as a community. And then immediately after, or a little time after today's event with Moses on the mountain, it's yet another trip and he comes back down and, and these same Israelites who just experienced this change and Jesus telling them how they're supposed to live, he comes back down a little later and they have built a golden calf. And so sandwiched between these moments of, of Moses wrestling with a community that's changing, a community that gets how it's supposed to live and a community that doesn't seem to be able to, to practice that, sandwiched between these moments of change, Moses has this transfiguration event on a mountain. And so I wonder if we can learn something about how we wrestle with, how we approach, how we engage with change around us from these stories. See, this last Sunday before, uh, last Sunday after the Epiphany, before we make the turn to Lent, we always hear these transfiguration stories. We always hear these stories of folks wrestling with impending change. Because Lent is a a season we'll start on Wednesday in which we're asked to to do self-examination, we're asked to repent, we're asked to maybe give things up, we're asked to maybe take things on, we're asked to be honest about ourselves, be honest about the community, be honest about the world around us. We're asked to get ready for change. That's what Lent prepares us to do. And so immediately before that, we have these stories. And so I wonder what we can learn from the story of Moses. I wonder what we can learn from the story of Peter, James, and John. In the midst of change in my own life, I become acutely aware of the number of voices that start to speak up. If you've ever tried to change anything about a church, you can imagine the number of voices that start to speak up. Sometimes those voices are external, but sometimes, maybe more often, those voices are internal. When change is happening in our life, whether it's good change or bad change, we hear voices about how things ought to be done. We hear voices about how things can't be done. We hear voices of judgment. Voices of doubt. Voices of self-doubt. Voices of second-guessing. Sometimes voices of denial that the change is actually even happening. And sometimes voices of fear about what's going on around us. So many voices cry out for attention in the midst of change. So, what I think we can learn from from Moses and from Peter, James, and John is about the voice that we need to listen to in the midst of these moments of change. Because it was the voice of God who called out to Moses from the cloud. It was the voice of God who called out to Peter, James, and John in the midst of the cloud. And it's the voice of God that calls out to us in the midst of change. And so what if in the midst of the changes and chances of our lives, we listen for God's voice? What if in the midst of the changes in the community, in the world, or within ourselves, we listen for what God has to say? And so this Lent, we're going to listen for God's voice in the world, in our community, and in ourselves. We're going to do that on Sunday mornings in two ways. In particular, one, we're going to listen to the stories of communities that have changed, or maybe communities that refuse to change. If, if y'all were here this summer, you remember we talked a lot about historical markers, and so y'all know I'm a nerd, and I like to share my nerddom with you all. Another thing I really love is ghost towns. Right? If you've driven through one, you see seen it up buildings. You know there's a story there. Right? There's this GPS company, Geotab, that's, that started mapping um, ghost towns around the country. There's 3,800 ghost towns that they've identified around the country. 511 of those are in Texas. It's like, we're such a great state, we're number one in, even in failed communities. <laughs> You've driven through these towns. Right? Most of these towns date from like the late 1800s to the early 1900s. And that's a period of, of rapid innovation and rapid change. Right? There was change going on in the world. There were jobs that were no longer necessary. there were whole abandoned uh, industries. And some towns just couldn't wrestle with that change. And so each of these stories, each of these towns are unique. So we're going to listen to a couple of them over the coming weeks, and we're going to hear for what God is telling us through these stories. We're also going to listen to what God is telling us through Scripture, particularly the Old Testament. Right, we're going to listen to the stories from the Hebrew Scriptures that are assigned for the Sundays in Lent. We're going to hear God's voice talking to people. We're going to hear what God is saying to folks and how it relates to us today in Lent. And so I don't know what change you're wrestling with. Maybe it's a a change in your family. Maybe it's a change in your health. Maybe it's a change in your work or your career. Maybe it's a a dream that you're having to let go of, or maybe it's a dream that's working out even better than you imagined. Because maybe it's good change, or maybe it's not so good change. But all of us are going through something. And so we're going to let God speak to us in the midst of this. In the midst of all these changes, like Moses, like Peter, like James, like John, like Jesus, In the midst of change, we're going to listen for God's voice. Amen.